0: Logs talk radio. <laughs>
1: My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, homesteading and of course living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisk Good Friends over at Kambak Feeds.
2: At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at Kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K A L M B A C H feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer.
1: I'm about to say something that may shock you. There's a chance the mealworm treats you're feeding your chickens are doing them more harm than good. Most of the mealworms sold in the U.S. are hollow and empty because of how they're processed, leaving them with little or no nutritional value. The problem is chickens love healthy insects like mealworms, but there hasn't been a way to get access to them in large quantities. Until now. The only mealworm company I endorse is the Honest Worm because of the way they raise and process their mealworms. Now, they've set aside some bags only for my listeners to try for free. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Head on over to freemealworms.com. That's freemealworms.com. If you don't see sold out at the top of the page, that means there's still some bags left, but only for a limited time. Go to freemealworms.com and get your free bag today. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no-masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer, here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with a Chicken
0: Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's
1: Super Chicken. Alrighty, thanks so much for staying with us today on Backyard Boultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Calm Bog Feeds. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Uh, today I'm going to be welcoming uh, avian veterinarian Dr. Lisa Tell and uh, animal um, pharmacist Dr. Krista Martin to the show and uh, I don't think we've had this topic in maybe a couple of years now. So um, I know occasionally we try to offer some of the hot topics once or twice a year um, to make sure we we can reach as many people uh, that we can with those top hot topics and top topics with uh, Backyard Poultry and Backyard Poultry Health and try to eliminate the the rumors, myths, and, and, and hoopla and quackery out there. Uh, so I'm so proud to have them on today. We're going to be really talking about uh, a whole host of things, but in a roundabout way they're all related, like, like poultry drugs in general for our backyard birds um egg withdrawals will use what does that really mean at the end of the day and veterinary oversight what does that mean at the end of the day i mean i guess i have my um based on talking with with folks around the country kind of what that means but even then sometimes i'm thinking does that really what it means. <laughs> so so uh, it, it doesn't get any more expert than what we have on today, and um, I'm going to bring them on in just a second. I have a couple of announcements, and then we'll get on with, with our show. While I'm doing the announcements, if you want to go and get a spiral notebook, a pen, paper, so you can take notes during the show, that's fabulous. And, um, but don't worry if you miss something, because the show will be archived into a podcast and then you'll be able to listen for the next 10 years. If you want to come back and, and, uh, and listen again, that'll be, uh, you'll be welcome to do that. So I want to let everybody know that I am extending this week's contest through next week as well. I've just been so swamped. I haven't really had time to promote it like I should, uh, and that's not fair to anybody. So we are extending it for another week. And the prize package for this awesome contest is uh, basically, we're calling it a six-month supply. Uh, It does include six large bags of the Honest Worm mealworms. Uh, Now, you know these guys. You've heard about me talking about them over the last about six months, and they are the mealworms with guts. Uh, They are full of it. And normally when you hear someone say they're full of it, that's not always a good thing, but in this case, it is because their mealworms are full of the good stuff, the guts. If you go and you're used to paying big bucks for these these hollow mealworms, and they're hollow, go and take it. the mealworms you have right now, if it's not the honest worm, take them, pull them out of the bag, uh, pinch them in half, and look inside. What do you see? Hello, 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 hello. Nothing. They're hollow, like this big cave. It's like just a crunchy outer shell, an exoskeleton, if you will, of what once was a mealworm that was microwaved um, to where all the good stuff inside the guts are now gone. It's just this crunchy shell. And, yeah, your chickens might love them, but, man, imagine how they're going to love when you go to buy your next mealworms and you get the honest worm. Um, They're full of it. Full of what? guts that your chickens are actually looking for when they're scratching around anyway. Uh, it's basically uh, 99% of the real mealworm. They lose about 1% due to the moisture um, so they can package them and have somewhat of a shelf life for them. But it's as close to, I guess, as a live mealworm as, as you're going to get without raising them in your backyard. So check them out, and we're going to extend that contest. All you got to do to enter, it's very simple, is any post that we have, um, any post at all that we have. Um, on our, our Facebook page, just in the comments section, all you got to do is post, uh, I want. Honest worms. That's it, and you're entered, and we'll just randomly choose a winner, and we'll do that next Friday, um, and uh, we'll do that probably on a Facebook live. But I'll, I'll contact you, obviously via Facebook uh, as well. So, so no worries there. But I'm going to extend that contest for um, for another week. The meat bird program that we're doing right now, showing everybody small scale raising meat birds in the backyard, uh, is a tremendous tremendous success. I'm so glad I made the decision to do this. We started with 11 Cornish cross birds, just 11. We raised them in a really awesome GQF brooder to show you how, you know, how fast they grow. We were weighing them daily up the first 3 weeks. Now we're weighing them once a week. Uh, at 3 weeks we moved them from the brooder and we're documenting this all on Facebook out to a poop. It's just like just Any other backyard coop that you would have in your backyard, 11 of these meat birds. We haven't lost any yet, and you've seen it um, from beginning until, and you'll see it all the way to the end here in a couple of weeks. Um, This coming Monday will be seven weeks of age. Last week was, of course, six weeks, and we had a video on Monday. They were right at the five-pound mark, 4.90, 5.1. They were right around five pounds at six weeks of age, when we started this, you know, I was like, my ideal goal weight here is six to six and a half pounds, but somewhere between seven and the eight-week mark, we're going to meet that goal, and then we're going to process them. But I got a message today from Rick Allen, who's been following us on our Facebook live post with this Raising Meat Birds, and I was just so thrilled, gave me goosebumps. He said, C.W., I, I brought home a dozen meat birds from my backyard today. Thank you so much for doing this and showing me really how easy it is, Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so far, is there any bad? No. Is there any ugly? There's really not. Um, In fact, we showed you up at this point. You're seeing it right from your two eyes through our Facebook Live videos that in in this type of situation. Now, we're going to see in the next 10 days, because we're going to go out to eight weeks with these guys, um, unless they hit that six and a half pounds, so we're going to stop it at there, whatever day we're at. Um, But we're probably looking at going out to eight weeks, and we have not seen the leg issues, um, the limping, the heart attacks, uh, the just non-movement. I mean, just, just last week, was it 10 days ago when we did the video? They were chasing bugs in the coop. They were doing dust baths in the coop. They were, uh, so so I'm, I'm just so thrilled. Um, th- feeling fuzzy down inside because I'm, the, the remarks I'm getting, I'm so glad that I did this. Now, um, I'm still looking at giving that coop a two-week rest and then actually starting back with a slower-grower meat bird. Um, versus the Cornish cross, and then maybe even going to a dual purpose after that. So we'll see. I'll do some research to see where I want to go with next. And then, again, you all can follow along and say, you know, um, let me look at the slower-growing meat birds, and then maybe a dual purpose like an Australorp or something, a barred Rock, And then we'll see how long it takes to raise those to processing, how much food it takes, and the expense is an issue. Um, and then we're going to do it the same. We're going to do 11 birds Uh, So you can get an exact, uh, for your, for your, um, research so what you might want to do in that backyard meat bird setting because so many of you are wanting to, hey, you've had the pet chickens for a while, you love the eggs you are feeding your family, you could never dream of calling your pet chickens, they're all named and you probably put them in sweaters. Okay, There's that crowd, of course, uh, that are fans of the Chicken Whisperer. Um, but, but now, you're interested, you see the benefit of chickens, you see the benefit of feeding your family, and you want to maybe try to go down that meat bird route, but you're lost. You're like, I don't know, this sounds, oh, I'm not sure if I can do that. And so this this whole project was an eye-opener for everybody uh, about how really easy it can be and how you can uh, very simply raise 11 meat birds for your freezer for your family uh, in your backyard with uh, very, very little trouble. So I'm so glad that we did that. All right, let's get on with the show today. And um, I'm going to look here. I know this is a 530 number, so I know that that is um, – and they may be on a speakerphone together, but um, I'm not sure if this is Lisa or Krista calling 530752. Is this Lisa? Yeah, Lisa's on. Uh, hey, Lisa. Yeah. Hey, how are you? And is, is Krista with you, or is she calling in on a separate number?
2: She's calling in on a separate She's... number.
1: Okay, let me see. Let me see if that would be – this number here. Krista, is that you? Let's try this one here. Krista, is that you? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you
3: now. Yay! Hey!
1: All right, thank you so much. Yeah, it doesn't give me a name or anything, and um, I normally don't do a, any kind of a screening ahead of time for guests. But I had a lot of I promoted this show really heavy, so there'll be a lot of people calling in just to listen. We may have some folks that will call in with some questions a little bit later. I also got the chat room open, which is pretty rare. I don't normally do that, and so people can ask some questions in the chat room as well, or on our Facebook page if there's something that we just uh, may not or I may not ask as you know, bad host, you forgot to ask this, and uh, that happens to me even 10 minutes after the show's over, I'm like, ah, I meant to say that, or I meant to ask that, or that would have been a great question, so I try to open it to our listeners as well uh, to keep me in line and ask the questions we need to ask, so thank you, doctors, for coming on today, we totally appreciate it, it's going to be a great show, lots of uh, questions that we have to clear things up out there uh, in the backyard poultry world when it comes to these topics. So let's first talk with, and um, I know Lisa, Dr. Tell, she's written some articles for my magazine before, but uh, Dr. Tell, if you'll first tell us very briefly, um, really a little bit about your background and uh, what your current job uh, entails right now out at UC Davis. That'd be great.
2: Sure, that sounds great. And thanks for having us, Andy. We really appreciate it. It's really an honor to be asked um You have an amazing following, so um, we're really excited. Um, So let's see, I'm a faculty member here at UC Davis. Um, Historically, I um, was with the exotic avian practice here um, in the clinics with the veterinary medical teaching hospital for 16 years. I was the lead faculty for that. And then since wow. then, I've wow. taken over the FARAD program, which is the Food Animal Residue Avoidance Data Bank for the Western Region, and um, we advised veterinarians about extra label drug use um, across the nation.
1: That's awesome, and it's pronounced Fairad because every now and then when I'm talking about it or referring to it. I'll, I'll in my southern draw I'll totally mess that up, but Fairad is basically where what what we kind of the short for the. Uh, F A R A D, I guess it is.
2: Fairad. Yeah, that's
1: right. So Fairad. Fair I, I, I fair like to okay.
0: draw on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, perfect.
0: Well, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah I got. Yeah. I'm probably destroying this, but so uh, Fairad, I need to make sure I drill that into my head. Thank you very yeah. much. And then of course we have got. Um, no, so let me ask you this, because so, because I will forget. This is one of those things. Over the years, I mean, over a decade, and 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 I've had uh, what we'll define as a uh, an, excuse an, or he is an avian uh, veterinarian, and so I, I, it's funny the folks that for some reason uh, want to discount that when it comes to chickens, and so so it's and you probably run into that. So I've heard it till I'm blue in the face, and you know, oh well, he she or she's a. Um, an avian veterinarian so she's or he it's about macaws and and, and african greys and parakeets and, parrots and all these exotic things they don't know anything about it. chickens so that they these folks that all they want to do is give apple cider vinegar to cure everything they try to find any way they can discount a, a true professional coming on the show so is it safe to say um you're i mean you're at You've got that avian uh, veterinarian certification. and uh, last I checked, uh, a few years ago, there were only about a little over, a handful over 200 in the northern American continent avian veterinarians. So, did you fall in that category?
2: Yes, there. So, there is a certification um, specifically for avian veterinarians through the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners. It's a specialization, right. and um, correct. But one thing about those veterinarians is it's not just, you know, their practice might see some of the um, exotic species like the macaws and things Uh like that. But those veterinarians are trained in anatomy and physiology and, you know, all the really specialized details of birds. And so um, Mm -hmm. they really can advise People who own chickens, a lot of those people see chickens, um, but they really, with a good knowledge base, can advise um, people about how to go ahead and, um, you know, uh, treat their chickens. Um, they can diagnose diseases. Um, they're really specialized in that area. And, um, and it's, like I said, it's a specialty. And, um, and so I think those people can provide additional service um, to people who have chickens
1: great i I've, I've just seen that over the years. It's so frustrating to me oh they're not a chicken they're, they're, they're the they exotics and and uh, no matter what I say, I think it's just their in their thought process of trying to be negative however they can be and that's one thing they try to grasp onto is it still i mean again within the last decade, just a handful over two hundred from my research on the North American continent that hold that true certification it may have grown over the last uh, six seven years is it still pretty under 300 I'm still
2: guessing it's still a relatively uh small number I I don't know the exact mm-hmm. number right now but you're right it's mm-hmm. um the the one thing I would say though is that um so after leaving uh um the veterinary medical teaching hospital exotics program once I became mm-hmm. involved with Ferad we have really been doing a lot of education especially since avian um, medicine is our specialty in this region. We've been doing a lot of education to veterinarians, and a lot of our calls, um, you know, a, a large majority of our calls actually are coming in from veterinarians treating chickens.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that is a challenge, and that's what when, when we say a lot of times you just want to say that you don't, these folks will post on this blog or forum about all these problems, and, you know, the obvious answer is you need to go see a vet, And then, um, well, there's not one in my area. And I've I've actually pushed it further to say, are you saying there's not one within a two-mile radius, really? Or there's, you know, they they almost want to use that also, not as necessarily as a cop-out, but just to say, I mean, they really don't want to take one to a vet. You know, it's a chicken. They may have that attitude. But then there's not a, there's not a, that sees chickens in my area. In that area, when they're saying that is like five miles. They, they, they don't, you know, are, well, how far are you? What about sixty miles? Is it worth it to drive sixty miles to see one that treats chickens, or maybe going to the closest university that has a poultry program, or your extension services, or even you know, the state poultry lab? You know, um, so so I think it's a lot of times it's just oh, there's not one near me. I think I'll rely on this blog to treat my chickens. <laughs> so so I run into that is the more. And more that I dig deeper for that so um, but it, but it is quite obvious that there's just not a lot and and I'm glad to hear that a lot of vets are calling in to get because so many people are keeping chickens now so that that I think that's a problem that I think sounds good that we're, we're working through um, let me get to our, our next guest as well uh, Krista Martin uh, welcome to the show and again I'm probably simplifying this and from from the research I did online. I didn't want y'all to spend a lot of time sending me an official bio just to have y'all tell us uh, you know, online. But uh, animal pharmacist, but there's, I know there's a, there's a lot more depth than that. So Krista, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and your position.
3: Uh, yes, no, absolutely. Thank you for having us on. I am a pharmacist, so I was trained in human pharmacy. And then um, during my curriculum in human pharmacy, I took uh, a veterinary elective Um, down in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and then after uh, graduating pharmacy school and becoming licensed, I took uh, a residency specializing in veterinary pharmacy at the UC Davis Mm -hmm. Veterinary Medical Teaching Hospital, so there I got exposed to food animals, large animal, and companion animal pharmacy, Um, so that was a a year program, and then after finishing the specialization in veterinary pharmacy, I joined Farad, so I've been with Farad. Now for about two years, and I respond to those online submission forms from veterinarians um, with questions regarding extralabel drug use.
1: Awesome, very good. And we're going to talk about what that term really means, and then um, and, and everything else. So, did first because I want to cover this for. This is why this show is happening right now. Is I got an email uh, from. Let me see if I still have their information in here. Uh yeah, Jeff and, and Rindy. And it ended up being about uh Thailand. That's why we're having the show and we'll discuss a lot more than that. And I think I forwarded that screenshot or that, that picture of what was stated, um uh, in in I, I think that was a chicken forum about that. And you want, I just want to make sure I, I cover that first and foremost. But um, we're gonna again poultry drugs, egg withdrawals, off label use, and and the uh, veterinary oversight, all of that, kind of what that means um, as as we get to it. But if you don't mind, I'd like to start with this because I promised them I'd get to the bottom of it, and then and then that's how this show came about. And to fill the show, we're gonna talk about all things uh, kind of farm muscle pharmaceutical-related, if you will, with the uh, with poultry. So, um, Lisa, did you have a chance to look at that comment about the Thailand 50? And it's just one of those things that, you know, you think about the overuse of water-soluble antibiotics over the years, even in backyard poultry. You know, you, you see it even today on the blog. Oh, my chicken has a runny nose. Oh, you better go ahead and give him some antibiotics. Start them on some antibiotics. And um, now the water-soluble, my understanding, as of a couple of years ago, um, veterinary uh, prescription only but you still got some injectables that are out there Thailand 50 one of the more popular ones we've even started to see now Dr. Tell and dr. Martin where people are using Thailand in the water um, to give it, you know uh, to give them through, through their watering versus just doing the injection um, so it's, it's I would say highly used in the backyard poultry world and then you've got somebody that's, that posted that on, on a, on a uh, forum for whatever reason to say, Hey, you know, my vet said this, or, you know, you might want to think about this or, Hey, is this, you know, think, you know, so if you had a chance to look at that, what is that, write it. And I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to try to find it. And, um, it's something about the Thailand 50 being toxic to birds uh, in general, but yet people are using it all the time quote unquote with success, possibly whatever the, however they determine success, um, what what um, say you, Dr. Tell, about about that? I just, I just wanted to start with that and make sure we covered it. Sure. And I'll try to find it so I can read it to read it to everybody.
2: Right, right. So um, the topic is in regards to using thailand injectable in birds, and um, that um, formulation actually has a component to it. It's it has propylene glycol in it, um, which is an okay. alcohol base. Um, so for certain. species, some species of birds, uh, propylene glycol can actually cause um, a harmful reaction. And so that's where I think a lot of the concern is. And and that's um, been documented in some zoo species, some exotic species, Um, Uh probably at the dose, it sounds like that's currently being used out in um, poultry that is not causing a problem for them and they're not having issues with it. Um, but, as I followed up with you about a bit, is that there's there's some other issues in regards to that. And um, the problem is is that the um, injectable formulation of tylosin is actually not the correct way to use it, because um, there's rules about what you can and can use or what you can and can't use. And so the injectable formulation is not labeled for chickens. So um, we can go into a little bit more whenever you want to about extra-label drug use. Sure. Um, we but can. anyway, okay. that's, that's, that's the bigger portion of the issue. So, um, But uh, propylene glycol um, it can be a concern for certain species of birds. Um, and it sounds like at least for the chickens, with that formulation, they're not having problems, but that's probably where um, that topic has come from.
1: Got it. Yep, I have it right here. I'll read it so our listeners can have a better idea. Uh, actually, I even had it saved um, on this computer, so let me go ahead and open this just a second. I didn't think I had it saved on this computer, but I'm going to go ahead and open it so that I have a better idea. Um, someone had posted, just an FYI, I found this uh, from the vet at Elanco, which manufactures Thailand. I called and confirmed it is correct. Do not use Thailand injection in birds either injected intramuscularly or orally. And like I said, people are starting to put it in their water because the um, Tylen injection is formulated with 50% propylene glycol as a, uh, anyway, an, an alcohol that is toxic to birds and commonly used as antifreeze. I was going to say that's how we normally kind of hear that term. Um, the vet indicated that the propylene glycol base can cause fatal injection reactions, blah, 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 blah like you just talked to us about, um, and so it's not necessarily false information or non-factual information, it's just the key there I think we need to concentrate on is some birds or some species of birds. It can could, it could yeah. be very
0: harmful.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's safe to say. And um, the the thing is is that with all these medications is, um, so the the drug sponsors, so in this case it's Zelenco, um, they go through the process of um, testing these products to see if they're safe and if they're um, efficacious so if they're, they're e- efficient at treating what they're supposed to be treating um, and so they haven't done the studies you know um, for right. using the injectable in poultry and so based on um, some indications that it could not be safe um, they're being cautious and they're really pointing people towards the product that is labeled for poultry
1: Got it. Okay, so let's let's. Pardon me. let talk a little bit about that because I know it's used uh, widely. I think it was the most. I think it's one cc injection. Tylen 50 in the breast twice a day. Blah blah blah. That we always hear um, out there. But Tylen 50 itself, when you go to that feed store, you purchase that little bottle of it. Uh, that is not. It's it's labeled you know not for poultry. So that we'll get into that next term. So it's off label use. Um, which then means if you're going to technically, maybe it's even legally, use it off-label use. You have to have veterinary oversight if we combine those two. Am am I following that right trail?
2: Yes. So if you're going um, off-label, you have to have – so one of the um, requirements for any extra-label drug use is for a veterinarian to actually be doing the prescribing um, so FDA has um, the approved label, and maybe I, maybe uh, Krista can go over the details of the approved label and what's typically on that, and then I can go okay. over the part about the veterinarian um, and what they have to do to have a relationship with their client to be able to prescribe that drug off-label.
1: Okay. So Dr. Martin's going to talk about the, <coughs> pardon me, the off-label use or labeling for that. Um, that particular product, and I guess if it's not on there, at the end of the day, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here because I I know how a lot of these folks think, is that, oh, all that means is it had not been tested on chickens. doesn't mean it's bad for them. doesn't mean it's going to kill them. doesn't mean anything. It may actually help them. They just haven't spent the big bucks to test this on chickens to see if it's... But I use it all the time and my chickens are fine. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that all the time. All the time. And I'm sure y'all do too. So... um, so, Dr. Martin, tell us about tell, tell us about that uh, portion of the the labeling and, and the meds.
3: Yeah. So, exactly. So, um, when we look at a drug label, we're looking at um, it's uh, what species it's indicated for use in. So, chickens. It's, and chickens are split into, as we all know, you know, broilers and in this case, um, mm-hmm. layers. So, if it doesn't have the mm-hmm. distinction that it's approved for layers, using that drug in layers, even though it's approved for other chickens, is considered extra label drug use. Now, perfect,
1: just to interrupt you for a second, a perfect example of that would be Wazine, for example. Huge, huge, popular, popular, popular wormer for chickens. And I think when you... Went down that road, I think most of our listeners would even know this as well, but just to remind them, Wazine would be a perfect example. It says, you know, four meat birds, two-week withdrawal, I think it's 14 days for meat birds, and then, of course, it on there, it says not for use with uh, hens that lay eggs for human consumption. We'll get to that drug in a minute, because that's a whole other uh, uh, ball of wax or can of worms, but, but, okay, I just wanted to, Wazine would be an example of what, Wazine would be a good example of what you just described.
3: <laughs> yes exactly in Tylosin, the water there is a water soluble formulation that is labeled for um chickens excluding layers, and we do receive a fair amount of calls um regarding extra label drug use of that water soluble formulation um but besides the species indication, we're looking at um indication like what it's uh treating um specifically the organisms um and then we look at dose um what is the dose that they're administering. The route of administration that they're using, is it you know, in the water or are they just doing it orally or injecting, um, all those variations take into consideration how often they're administering it is a big component as well, and then for the total treatment duration. Um, and then again, since we're looking at food animals, we need the residue studies to know how long is that drug gonna be in the products that we're consuming. So that's probably one of the big issues when using a label a drug off-label is we just don't have the data with the residues.
1: So, so just like I said, that person who tries to discount everything and say, "Oh, that means the study hadn't been done," and da, da, da. so let me ask you this, because I will often share this with folks too, and then we'll get the Lisa, uh, Dr. Tell, will come back and, and wrap that portion up. Is that uh, again? So, at the end of the day, if it's not on the label, you know, with the exact. Again, dose, how long to use it, I mean, the whole nine yards. And do not even mention chickens. Of course, at the end of the day, that means no testing has been done, say, on the layer birds, if this has something on meat birds. But let, let me ask you this, because I often say this, uh, whether it be Wazian or whatever drug we're talking about. At the end of the day, the, the biggest issue or the, the risk is when you get into, and I'm keeping it towards my audience, giving away or selling the eggs. If you want to give whatever the heck you want to give to your birds and just keep eating the eggs, it's it's on you. I mean, if you, if, so you hey, I'm the only one on the planet that eats my eggs. I'm going to give person I'm hurting as me, possibly hurting as me. So so I think at the end of the day, hey, this this whole show comes about what we're talking about. The the risk comes involved uh, the. Uh, Legal risk, whatever, health risk, is when you're uh, selling or giving away your eggs. If, if you're, and, I, and y'all may not be able to say this, but my understanding from over a decade of having you guys on is that, look, if these are your own birds, you can give them whatever the heck you want to give them. If you're the only one eating the eggs, knock yourself out. It's You're the one that's taking the risk, not your neighbor who you're giving the eggs to or the farmer's market where you're selling them. Y'all may or may not be able to comment on that. And I, you know, so I,
0: Well, we can't really,
1: but... um. At the end of the day, am I kind of right about that I mean there is risk, but if you're the only one eating your eggs, then you have that your that's your that's on you that's your responsibility. You make that decision, but it's all on you but it's a totally different issue, a much more serious issue if you're selling or giving away your 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 product is that correct? Does that kind of on make sense
3: yeah i would um definitely we when we advise um we will kind of depending on what information we have, we can kind of provide guidelines for uh, safety for personal use. um, And then we also provide guidelines. If you are to sell or give away, then we're targeting um, zero residue since it's not approved in this bird. So we definitely want to make sure to protect the human safety, you know, you need to take that into consideration. Personal consumption, um, we still want to try and, you know, follow the rules and get veterinary involvement since it is extra label, but whether or not... Um, you want to wait is your risk
1: right, right, yeah that's and they're yeah, totally different, yeah, more risk involved when you're and and so oftentimes, uh, these are things that are popping in my head that I did want to talk about is that um out like with Wazine, for example, oh well, was it Piperzine? or whatever. oh well that's he, doctors give doctor prescribed that to my son when he had whatever worm or whatever he needed to be clean, and so I'll, I'll get that often about certain drugs. Well, actually, if you did, may or may not know that that we give that to humans, so it's got to be safe, right? And the way I I I combat that, doctors, is that I say, well, you know, antibiotics are a drug that we use in humans as well, but there are a lot of people that are
0: totally
1: severely allergic to that and are going to have problems. So just because it's oh well. Sons on that before that actually is a drug that some doctors prescribe to humans, so it's safe, it's not going to be a problem. They'll, they'll try to again discount it that way. <clears throat> and the way I try to combat that is that well, so are antibiotics, but many people are, are deathly allergic to antibiotics, so that doesn't just because it may be a, a drug used in humans still doesn't mean it's, it's safe for everybody. That's how I go about that um, when, when they talk about that. So, because some of these you might, someone may have that correlation. Oh, well, that, that, people use that for humans, too, so it must be safe. Y'all run, y'all run into that sometimes?
2: Yeah, I think people, um, we definitely hear that. I, I think the other component to think about, Andy, though, um, in addition to people deciding that um, they're willing to take that risk, is um, uh-huh. there might be things that their veterinarian can help them to think about that they might not have realized about um, further risk that, um, that they might not be aware of, so that's why um, consulting with a veterinarian about this drug use is, is really helpful. Um, the other big component to it, though, is kind of a um, wider application, and that's in regards to when almost a lot of things for layers are extra-label. And um, when you're using drugs in an extra-label manner, um, these days, one of the things that we're really concerned about um, in the, you know, it's a really big One Health, so it's it's a worldwide concern is antimicrobial resistance. Uh And so if people are using medications in a way that is not guided by a veterinarian, they could be contributing to that and that's that's a really um kind of bigger picture aspect to it, because um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though you might have a pet chicken, if that pet chicken is commingled with other chickens, and then as we all know, chickens will go ahead and feed on things on on the ground um Uh Then, if that chicken has maybe a bacteria in it that is a resistant bacteria, it could be transferred to other chickens. The human could get exposure, um, and that's part of the risk, too. So, it's not just so much what they're consuming themselves, it's kind of what you're Uh contributing to in regards to resistance of these bacteria or parasites, even.
1: Right, the bigger picture versus just it's, this is me and my own eggs, but there's a bigger picture involved here that you need to look at other than just that and you eating your eggs based on what you gave them. Um, my next thing I wanted to cover too, Lisa, and then we'll continue on because um, I don't want to forget it, is that this veterinary oversight. So um, we're gonna, we're talking about that now anyway, but um, so off-label use requires veterinary oversight, and then that vet... Uh, which would be, be you, Lisa, uh, that would be, um, okay, with all of my experience and all of my knowledge, yes, we're going to use this. I'm going to recommend we use this, off-label use. This is my total recommendations, how much we're going to give, how long we're going to give it, where we're going to give it, and, and then you'll come up with, with all of your knowledge and experience, say an egg withdrawal, these are for layers, and then that that particular chicken owner Uses that information that you provided. Uh, I want to make sure clear, and I'm, I may be 100 percent wrong on this. Uh, at the end of the day, that is still not two things. One, that's still not an official egg withdrawal for that product. So, because that we've had people do that, they go back on these forums and say, "Well, my vet said it's 14 days." So the you know the official egg withdrawal is 14 days, or, 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 regardless of what product it is, though whatever they're talking about. But I um, mean, again, I may be wrong, but that's that's still if the vet and someone goes and gets that oversight from the veterinarian. That's still not an official egg withdrawal period for that drug. That and and then the and then if something happens, I think um, uh, the vet ends up having the responsibility or the risk, I guess, on them if they happen to be, or the vet could say, you know, you know, this is just for you, not selling. How would that work, Doctor Tail? So, am I right with that? Is that if it's. Um, if the vet comes up with this off-label use criteria, it's still not an official egg withdrawal for that product. It's just in this individual case, so they shouldn't go bragging to everybody, say, oh, the egg withdrawal for this is whatever. And then if they do use this, then kind of the the risk and the liability falls on the vet that gave them that information. Are those two things accurate or not?
2: So in regards to the withdrawal interval recommendation, so we kind of delineate two things. One is... um, FDA, so the Food and Drug Administration, um, working with the drug company, establishes what is called an FDA approved withdrawal time for uh-huh. food animals. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's the um, official um, approved um, withdrawal time that um, both the drug company. It would be
1: on the label. It, on the
2: label. that's going to be on the label the drug company submitted now since um there's a law it's um legislation that is called the animal medicinal drug use clarification act that allows veterinarians to go off label um as we've talked about so what ends up happening is veterinarians, if they go off-label, they actually have to um, base the new withdrawal. we call it a withdrawal interval, because it's not the FDA-approved withdrawal time, but that recommendation, okay. they have to base that on scientific evidence. And it can only be for therapeutic use, so it's only to treat a problem. Um, okay. that's, that's one of the rules for um, that, that legislation. So um, that's the withdrawal interval. And um, I agree with you about once that veterinarian, they, they call into the FARAD program or submit a question in, um, and we'll advise them based on scientific literature and data or uh, foreign approvals, things like that, about a withdrawal interval recommendation. But that's just for that one case, because they might have asked us for specific dose, specific time, a you know, very specific situation. And also sometimes the, the scientific data changes. So it is applying just to that one case. And then in got regards it, to, it, get it, get it. oh, go ahead, sorry.
1: Go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, I, didn't mean I was going to say in
2: regards to your second question, so that veterinarian is making the recommendation regarding the um, the aspect of the withdrawal interval and the residue situation. Um, so, so in regards to liability, one of the things about that, that ruling, which is called AMDUCA, is veterinarians can only use drugs, extra label, that have been approved by FDA. So um, typically they're going to be animal drugs. Sometimes they're human drugs. Um, so from that standpoint, typically um, you know, they've already been tested from the aspect of human food safety. And so that's why those rules are in place. Um, But, you know, we certainly advise people, especially when they're using things like um, the sulfas and things like that, that they really Uh need to be cautious and make sure that there aren't any residues because you don't want to expose a person to a sulfa drug that maybe has, like, a sulfa allergy.
0: Correct. Got
1: it. Now, you mentioned something there that... Wasn't on my list. I guess I've just this perfect example. Why? Uh, but you and I think you and I even may have talked about it on the phone. And Krista um, can chime in here as well. But you know uh, the different countries. Uh, like I saw on directly right smack dab on a blog uh, that someone posted. Well, I live in Canada, and there's no equi- no egg withdrawal time using Wazim. We can use it, and it's just, there's not in Canada, but here that's not advised to use for layers with eggs for cumin consumption. Now, again, that was on a blog, so that may be totally false information, too. But she's now spouting on a blog or a forum, I think it was a Facebook forum about chickens, that there, the, there's no egg withdrawal time in, in Canada regarding wazine and egg layers. And so she's she's commenting that for all the world to see, and then people here they are going to say, oh, okay, well, if it's good for them, it's good for me. As, as, do you know if that is, And you, obviously, you probably get tons of calls about wazine, um, is that uh, truthful information that in Canada uh, you can use wazin for your layers for human consumption. There's no egg withdrawal time, but here there's it's still based on that label. And we'll get into wazin in a minute. Um, you know, not for use with layers that produce egg for human consumption. Or is that more uh, hype or, or not not correct information?
2: Well, what I can say is that um, in regards to <laughs> foreign approvals is that there's totally different rules and regulations in regards to foreign approvals. So um, one country might have different rules as opposed to, like, the United States. And so just because it's approved in another country, um, since they do have different rules and regulations, and it might be even a different product, like the formulation might be different, you can't necessarily okay. apply what's, um, what is, um, you know, a withdrawal time in a foreign country to the United States. Mm-hmm. When I talked about that, what I was talking about is we actually look at the scientific data package um, and um, try to use... Some of the basic information in regards to that um, to establish a withdrawal interval. Um,
1: gotcha for that particular same, case. Okay.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay. Got Do you it. want to I add got anything
2: got to
3: that, Krista? Yeah. So ex- I'm, for the the wazine in particular, the active ingredient is piperazine, and in other sure. foreign countries, they have different salt formulations than what our formulation is. And specifically okay. with that drug, each salt formulation contains a different amount of each ingredient. So you can't necessarily just take what a foreign country has as a withdrawal time for their label and apply it over here because there's those variations that will um, affect um, residues.
1: Got it. Now, let's let's talk about Wazine because it's it's a biggie. And I've talked to the guy um, at Wazine and you know it, it back over a decade so for so some people will call and 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 he'll just say uh nope it's it, you know you got to read the label it's you know cuz cuz of uh liability you know it's not for use and and and, and then now you have people calling Wazi and they're and and saying well no now they're saying 70 de- 17 days, and that's according to some FDA. They, they, he's referring to some FDA study or something. The FDA says 17 days is probably okay for the egg withdrawal through this or through their studies or something, but there's still no official egg withdrawal. So, Because Wazine is always a hot topic. Cause some people call and get one information, and they'll get some more information, and then they see something that the FDA said about it. Who knows how many moons ago? And it's just there's no concrete information out there because back when I talked to the gentleman, I forget his name at Wazine, the, the manufacturer of Wazine, you know, he was still like you know, I get, you know it is not used for egg layers at all and then I've heard other people call and say oh no, it's 70 days and they're referring to an FDA study about it so um, for for Dr. Tell, if someone calls you guys up and, and Chris as well, working together at uh, Ferret and says you know, hey, I got 11 layers in my backyard, and, um, you know, of course, I haven't got a fecal flotation test. I saw maybe a worm in their poo or some eggs in their poo, and I want to give, you know, we can go down that road about, you know, all the different types of internal parasites. We just talked about it last week with Dr. Poteski, I think a colleague of you guys out of UC Davis about how so did that, obviously, planning the week before this time. But what, what I mean, not that we want to... What do you you say to this person that they call in, and and right now, and maybe later today someone calls in and says that, I've got 11 hens in my backyard, I want to deworm them, I bought this Wazine at the farm store, and, you know, they're layers. um, Are you all, you know, what what do you tell that person? How do you go about doing that? Do you refer them to a local vet? Do you all handle that yourselves? Do you still stick to the label and say, sorry, you need to find a vet because it would be off-label use? Because Wazine is a big one. And maybe we can, you know, kind of touch on that here in a minute. What, what y'all would, if I called up right now and said that, what would y'all tell me?
3: We, and I can tell you, when if it's not a veterinarian contacting us, we do let them know um, that according to the law, the AMDUCA law, they need to have a veterinarian's involvement, and we can't advise um, them on how to use it or um, any information. We have to talk with the veterinarian, and then we only advise on residues.
1: Gotcha. So if I called uh Farid, for example and said, um, hey, you know, I got eleven chickens money," then you would basically say, you know, we, we can advise." You, you would try to encourage them to get in touch with a local veterinarian that would be willing to give veterinary oversight on Wazine and then and then we go down the road we just talked about with them, that vet that veterinarian giving them the dose and how long to give it and then and then their uh, from their research an egg would draw for them
2: yeah exactly um you know the so the problem is is that even though they can buy it um, and it is right. available right. over the counter and um, there is a label for chickens excluding layers um, uh-huh. legally, and once again, this is kind of the theory that they're contributing to um, trying to help um, veterinary medicine and agriculture in general um. their their best thing that they can do is to contact a veterinarian, and then that veterinarian is more than welcome to contact us, and we will help them to establish a withdrawal interval based on scientific information. Um, And we really are trying to get out there and provide information to more veterinarians, especially small animal veterinarians who maybe aren't um, as familiar um, with poultry, but giving them the tools so that they can see those patients. Because the good thing about veterinarians is they're trained in the, the um, you know, anatomy, physiology, the concept with therapeutic drug treatment, all those things. And so if we can help add to their tool chest a little bit so that they'll feel comfortable, then they can definitely help, um, you know, people with chickens um, in their backyards.
1: Are you all seeing a lot more? I mean, I mean, obviously that with over the last decade the backyard chicken boom. And uh, 11 or 12 years ago, um, I, I was kind of in that same experience with taking a, a Rhode Island Red uh, to my local vet that saw my dog, um, and that you know just right up outside the subdivision. This was again, 12 years ago, where we had farm and all that. And you know, I'm walking in with this just a Rhode Island red. This is in Georgia, of all places. And I walk up to the counter and kind of explain what's going on. It was more of an I wanted an injury overview than versus medication or, or medical treatment. And literally, they said to me, and I'll never forget this: um, We do not treat exotics here. And and I looked at her kind of funny, thinking, <laughs> This is a chicken. And, that's, and this is Georgia. You know, it's like, not only is this just a chicken, it's a yard bird, it's a Rhode Island red, it's a chicken, and we are in Georgia, and you're calling this an exotic. But I guess in, in their world of cats and dogs, that would be, I guess, in their views, a exotic, something I guess they're not going to take care of. Um, a roundabout question here, are y'all seeing, um, I mean, I, I think it's obvious to say y'all are seeing more veterinarians reach out to you because of the boom over the last decade or so, but are they... Are they contacting you in frustration? Uh, do, would you say? Let me rephrase that. Are you the, the majority of them seem to be really willing and wanting to kind of outbreak and, and 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 go down this road, or are most of them saying, "I got this lady and she's pestering me. <laughs> she comes in all the time with her chicken questions." And you know, I, I guess you know, what what you know you know this one time or whatever. Are are, are they? I guess are they truly? The majority that you talk to, are they are they truly embracing this, or is it more of a, it's kind of being forced on them, or a combination of both?
2: <laughs> uh, well, that's a really good question. You know, it's funny, because um, being in what you call, quotes, you know, an exotic clinic historically, <laughs> um, and practicing exotic health medicine myself, you know, a lot of um the, definitely the small animal veterinarians, you know, they, it's not necessarily in their wheelhouse to have to um, look at withdrawal times and, and all these regulatory aspects. And so for small animal veterinarians, um, it's not an area that they've been highly trained in. But I gotcha. really think um, that they are interested, they want to do the right thing, they want to help their clients, they want to make sure that the human food chain is safe. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because about the time that I actually switched, it was in 2006 I switched over from um, the clinics here to the fared program. And being a Navy and veterinarian, I was really um, – very um, interested in wanting to get the word out to educate people about this issue about um, backyard layers and food safety and knowing all the regulations because um, coming from a clinical background, I realized that that was not something that was um, really a hot topic for veterinarians at that time. And so we really started a big push to educate veterinarians. And I would say, and, and Krista can chime in on this too, um, you know, these um, these small animal veterinarians who are cheating chickens, they're really, they're asking us a lot of questions and they really want to know and they want to do the right thing. So um, I would say for the most part, they're dedicated people that want to help their clients. What, what would you say about that, Krista? Because you, um, you know, definitely uh, giving you our call load, um, you have some insight on that too.
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that statement. We get a lot of calls that they um, they ha- they they're not used to dealing and treating chickens, so they truly just want to uh-huh. learn the rules and the regulations. And um, they're, they run past us. They're like, I'd like to use this. Is can I go ahead and do this? Is this prohibited? Like they they truly want to learn and help help their clients out. So I think they are embracing it.
0: That's
1: really good to hear, and it's also I can see, you know, may, maybe they can look at it as well as a an additional income for their their, their business. You know, here I've got. All these folks, this is a huge movement, and there are a portion of them that want to bring their chickens to the vet. And if I can do a little bit of continuing ed on this each year, then that may be more clientele I can bring into the front door, which will help my bottom line at the end of the year. Um, so I think maybe looking at it <coughs> at it that way uh, that way as well. Um, interesting, I've got to take a quick commercial break, but we will uh, we will definitely be back. If you're just tuning in, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, but we are talking with uh, uh, avian veterinarian, Dr. Lisa Tell uh, from UC Davis, as well as uh, uh, human and animal uh, pharmacist, Dr. Krista Martin. And we're talking all things poultry drugs, egg withdrawals, off-label use, and veterinary oversight. What does that really mean at the end of the day? and how, if I've got 11 chickens in my backyard, how that uh, affects me and and everyday treatment of my backyard birds. So hopefully you're enjoying the show, and and there will be more right after this short break. Thanks for staying with us. When you need an incubator, think Frensi, the incubation specialists. Frensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at brensie.com. That's b r i n s e a.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us the yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The 1.5-horsepower motor and 20-inch stainless steel tub can handle two 8-pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance-free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. This looks like a job for super chicken. You get the super sauce, I'll done my super suit.
0: How would you like a punch in the
1: beak? All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Foultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kambak Foods. Great. Just awesome show today with avian vet Dr. Lisa Tell and animal and human uh, pharmacist Dr. Krista Martin and their expertise advice about all these tough questions uh, that we've got. I'm going to bring them back on. Uh, live right now and I was trying to think about, of course I want to give y'all, obviously both of y'all a chance to, since we've got the audience and again, I'm only human, there may be something, let me go back and look at the chat room to see if we had anything and we don't there um, I will quickly look at my Facebook page, see if anybody posts any questions there um, but I will give both of y'all kind of last uh, uh, open mic uh, to share anything that you'd like to convey to that, again, kind of the geared towards the backyard uh, poultry enthusiast or back Backyard, a hobby farm, but you know, at the end of the day, I was thinking about this at the commercial break, and I was thinking about uh, <laughs> the chicken blogs and the chicken forums and how it's just an uphill battle. And shoot, there's a uh, I wrote a whole book about it, thanks to experts like yourselves, the Chicken Factor, Chicken Coop, trying to debunk all this this quackery that's out there, and, and it gets frustrating. And I, I was thinking during the commercial break, uh, doctors, that you know, I help. You know, we do these shows, and we just hope for the best. You know, I'm trying to think, if we change anybody's mind? What, what was our goal today um, with this information? Uh, is anybody who's giving Thailand now for the last five years going to not give it tomorrow? Are they going to take their birds to the vet to, to do it the right way? Are, are these folks that are using Wazine in their layers thinking, oh, it's just me. I'm not selling. You know, um, are are we you know, is, are we wasting our breath? Are we doing any good? Are we, are we reach you know, and I think at the end of the day, it's just like on these blogs and forums, you know, you can, I, I, I post, I'm going to post this science-based, fact-based, study-based information. You can take it or leave it. Do with it what you wish or what you want to do with it. But at the end of the day, I can sleep at night. My kids can be proud of daddy because look, I, I gave the right information, and you could choose what. To, and I guess that's life. Here's the right information; <laughs> you can choose to do with it what you want. But that that ends up being on you. Um, I, you know, like I said with this Thailand fifty thing. You know, it's just for a decade. I remember, or longer. I just even back in the day. Oh yeah, Thailand fifty, Thailand fifty, Thailand fifty, and um, and then you have something like this come out. And, um, and and I think I can see, the, again, devil's advocate, I can see folks saying, coming on and, and kind of being, well, it, it, they did say it just some species of birds, some birds, but obviously it's not affecting chickens like some of those birds that, you know, that have a highly uh, problematic issue with this. So I'm, I'm just going to keep using it. So it's, it's, you know, and of course we all hear, y'all hear it all the time i've been doing it for 10 years and never had a problem or i've never had an issue with this or whatever the case may be that's t- to me frustrating and uh, as like dr mccray likes to say at auburn tomorrow is another day um and and we don't know what it's going to bring regardless so um I'm going to give you guys the last word in case there's something I forgot. Poultry drugs, egg withdrawals, off-label use, veterinary oversight. I think we, in a nutshell, kind of covered all that to let our audience know what those mean and what's involved in those. But, again, there's still something that I may have forgotten or something you, on a daily basis, like to get the information out. And we'll start uh, with uh, Dr. Lisa Tell. If there's anything that I didn't cover, you wanted to cover, you thought we'd cover, or just any kind of message you want to get out to the folks uh, while you have that mic.
2: Well, thanks, Andy. I I think you have all really good points, and um, I'm really excited because I think by you inviting us to be on your radio show today, we'd really like to reach out to you more. Um, One of the things we'd like to find out are, you know, what are the hurdles that people are coming up against and what can we do to try to help them? I do agree with you that at the end of the day all we can do is provide guidance, and um, and really try to tell people why things are in place and what they can do as a um, contributing member of society. Um, a lot of the things that we're really trying to help with, though, is kind of this, you know, it might not necessarily affect you every day um, and, you know, maybe the chickens that you're eating, uh, the chicken eggs that you're mm-hmm. eating um, from your backyard, but, you know, if you know anybody who has had problems with some of these Um, you know, really drug-resistant bacteria. You know, I think the veterinary profession, the um, agriculture um, commodities, the human health um, people, you know, we're all trying to come together to really combat some of those issues. And so those are the things that we would really like to be able to help people keep the food supply safe, keep people safe, and what are the things that we can do um, to help that. So, I'm excited, I, I talked with um, Dr. Pateski and um, I'd like to reach out with, to you. And as a program, we also would like to try to figure out how we can help people who have these backyard chickens um, to um, kind of understand things that are challenging for them, um, provide some educational materials that will help them. And then also um, we're making a movement to definitely try to help veterinarians across all different types of practices um, know how to treat backyard chickens and feel comfortable with that.
1: Gotcha. I'm going to give Chris to, uh, Martin the same opportunity as well, but before I forget, because I'm getting older day by day. Um, I, I see it as, and I'm sure you all see it too, it's a, it's a combination of things obviously, but I see you've got folks that say, I just bought this chicken for three dollars at the feed store. and Now you want me to take it to the vet? You, you have a lot of that attitude. You have a lot of that attitude. And and I'll be the first one to stand up right now and say, look, I've, there's been a dog in my life since the day I came home from the hospital forty nine years ago, and I would have never dreamed I would have spent over a thousand bucks to treat any of my dogs, but I just did about two months ago. Uh, it was like eleven, twelve hundred dollars for this livestock guardian dog. You know, I just took a cat that I got for free. Okay, and it was painstaking. I'll be honest with you, to the vet, almost $400 because it got, uh, what were those called? The, 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 those worms that squirrels always get. Uh, um, what, what kind of worms do you get? Wolf worms because it was a kitten and it's apparently common for outdoor get. Anyway, so so I, I kind of get that. It's a $3 chicken. You want me to take it to the vet? I think that's a challenge for some folks. What's also frustrating for me when I hear from those folks is that, and you and you dig deeper, you know, they have really no problem spending $3,000 on a coop that's fancy that matches their house and spend $40 a month on mealworms. But when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to, to going and, and doing the vet visit, oh, I can't afford that so so I think that gets uh, uh, kind of in that mix as well that 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 fear attitude and, and I may be like i said and then and then you have the issue, the overall problem is you, it's easy to say we'll just take them to the vet, but that's really the right thing you should do at this point from and then there's just there's not any available. And I think a lot of people may use that as a crutch. Oh, well, my vet doesn't see birds, so I have to now rely on this information from the blogger forum. But they didn't really spend time. Okay, are there others in the area? Are, are there an hour away? Is there a vet that sees your chicken, will see your chickens two hours away? or, you know, or the, the the poultry extension specialist or a uh, poultry state lab or the state vet or a, a university that might be able to help you out. And, and I think a lot of people will use that as a crud and just say, you know what, my vet doesn't take care of chickens, so I have to go to this blog or forum to get my answer. I think all that gets kind of piled in together with the challenges. And while you were discussing that, I'm thinking, you know, why, why can't, um, like with something, and, and this may be, Way off, and I may be totally wrong with this. So, so for, you know, something as simple as Wazine, and that right there may be a horrible thing to say. Something as simple as Wazine, uh, would there not be? I mean, it would seem like it would be from the outside in, and talking with you guys for over a decade to say, look, here we, uh, Farid, or just this 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 team of poultry avian veterinarians to come out and say um, something like. Uh, Again, we we feel that 17 days is going to be fine. You know, I know there's no guarantee. It has science. Science is huge, and and you want that official draw time. But I'm not. And I'm not saying to do that. But, but definitely, as we maybe we get a team together and we look at all this, Doctor Patelsky and you guys, and y'all are on. Oh. Can come on the show anytime. Um, but but you know, that that was okay. Let me go to this one website, and it's you know every day, and it's run by veterinarians. Okay, Wazi because you know, I guess you have to say, well, would that be better than just nothing or what they're doing now and just using it all the time and however they're using it versus having some type of guidance, still maybe have the lawyer fine print to say this is not an exact withdrawal time, this uh, that type of thing, um, or uh, you know, maybe something that would be better than nothing. And so this is kind of a uh, – I'm going to stop there and let, let Chris to comment, but while you were – Talking, all this stuff was going through my mind with the problems that I've seen dealing with these folks over the, you know, the chicken keepers over a decade, and I'm sure you see it every day just like me. But that was that's everything that was kind of boggled in my mind when you were covering all that, and I'd be more than happy to be with you guys and uh, and discuss this on a regular basis of what we can do to help, um, even if it's, even if it's not something uh, official, to to help these thousands and thousands of people that are just buying this stuff off the shelf. Thailand, this is a perfect example. We talked about the scenario today's show, but Wazi, you know, it it was huge. Um, Dr. Krista Martin, same thing, open mic, things that you see on a daily basis that you would love to get out to that audience, uh, our audience today, about anything that you answer calls about a lot or that you see or or anything like that that you'd like to get out to those folks.
3: Sure. Thank you, Andy. Um, And I definitely understand the frustration. I think uh, it's important to remember the big picture, as Lisa had mentioned earlier. It's a one health issue with a lot of these, especially antimicrobials, um, that Uh we're not just um, asking you consult a veterinarian for the safety of the bird, but for human safety as well, outside of residues, Uh because using these products can contribute to um, resistance in these bugs that humans can then contract. And then using these antibiotics, limits the efficacy in human world as well. And Thailand is a perfect example. It is on the FDA list of a medically important antimicrobial to the human world. Um, Ah. So it's important to keep that in mind. And also, um, ferret is available, you know, for owners and the backyard chickens. If they have questions, they can contact us and we can let them know what they want to do if that's on-label use. If it's off-label use, then we will direct them to, to their veterinarian, but we can all, you know, we can answer their questions and let them know, hey, that's an on-label use, that's okay. If not, you know, please go see your veterinarian or talk to a veterinarian.
1: Is that something like, uh, and this is probably nationwide. I even think there's probably some federal funds. I would guess that, you know, we, we always hear the commercials. If you're going to dig, even if it's a mailbox, call eight one one and have us come out and mark all the underground lines. I think that may be nationwide. Um, it, would you say? Um, and I'm going to have have, have you give us the website um, to where they can go to Ferret. Is that, would would, would that, because I I don't want to, you know, have it what it's not supposed to be, but with Ferret, is that something that's kind of like that situation? You know, I'm going to call them and ask them. I mean, is it something that can be that, you know, uh, broadcast or is that you know we're really looking more for vets or so so you know number one let's get one of y'all can give us the website where they can you know these backyard folks can go to the ferret and I don't know if there's a phone number that you have right off the top of your head you recommend them call or just get it off the website that might be easier but is this something that um, can that y'all want to be used just like the hey call 811 if you're ever going to dig I mean and they post that everywhere I hear the commercials on it this is that this is that is Farid something different than that for, for I mean these thousands of backyarders because you know what what how should they use farad at the end of the day we'll wrap it up with that you know a website how they can get there maybe even a phone number and then um, what really how y'all would like them to use it
2: so um, Andy yeah you know actually for most um, layers and the scenario that you're describing for backyard chickens it's almost all extra label drug use are um, uh-huh. For us, providing a withdrawal interval for extra-label drug use, we can only do that for veterinarians, as we've mentioned. Right. But if, right. Um, right. if owners want to know whether or not what they're doing is on-label, um, we certainly can advise them about that. We can't tell them what to okay. use um, right. because that, once again, is in the purview of their veterinarian, of which they have a veterinary client-patient relationship with but we can tell them if they're using something over the counter if it's on label or not. Um, the best okay. way for them to um to kind of reach out and ask those questions um would be for them to contact us through on our website fairad.org. They can submit a question. Now, one of the things okay. that'll yep. ask is whether or not they're the veterinarian of record and they'll have to say no and they'll have to say, okay. you know, um that they are an owner and they're wondering about whether or not um, this is legal on-label use, we certainly can um, help them with that. Um, But I just don't want them to get frustrated if they're going to be asking us those other questions, which legally we actually can't answer.
1: Exactly. So so it also sounds to me that really – they really need to do their legwork, and I've even said this when we do our workshops. Well, even before you get chickens, have a health plan, and and I'll be the first to admit, for some people, that health plan may be a sharp axe uh, if, if that's their health plan for their backyard chickens. And um, then some people it may be um, again to go ahead and try to find a vet that. If you need to take, if you have this issue, go ahead before you get the chickens and try to find one in your area or how far you may have to drive ahead of time before you need one, and, and don't just pop out and say, well, my vet doesn't see chickens. I, I guess I just have to rely on this blog. Well, what about an hour away? What about two hours away? Have you looked at all these other um, possible um, scenarios like the state vet or the uh, uh, close-by poultry science school or the state lab, poultry lab, that type of thing, uh, and do that before you get chickens, just like other things you should do before you get chickens, like make sure you can even legally have chickens in your area, town, city, county, homeowners association, and everything else that goes about that versus just walking into a feed store and say, oh, hey, it's fall chick days. I think I'll get some chickens. I know nothing about it, but I think I'll get some today because they're cute. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure you all deal with that all the time, too. So, um, But no, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much um, for, for coming on the show. This was uh, fabulous, and it answered a lot of our questions, and to defined a lot of things that we often see thrown around out there on the blogs and forums. And... Um, Please, again, open mic anytime y'all want to come on the show. You see something that's going on, a hot trend or a new medicine that's out or anything like that, and you want to get the real information, the fact, science-based, fact-based study information out. But uh, doctors, y'all always have an open mic here whenever you want that. And uh, I'm sure and hopefully we'll keep in contact in the future. So Dr. Lisa Tell and uh, Dr. Krista Martin, thank you so much for coming on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer today. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Andy. We really appreciate it too. And it's uh it was a um, really great opportunity.
3: Thank great. you very thank much. Thank you it was so awesome much. with you.
1: Great, thank <laughs> thank you. We'll see y'all next time. Y'all take care. Alrighty. Hope you listeners enjoyed the show as well. Hopefully I remember to ask all the right questions. Hopefully ask asked the questions you were interested in and uh, hopefully you boy, I know we got the right answers. Uh, I have no doubt about that. It just may not have been the answer you wanted to hear. It, that, I guess we have to play adult, right? And say, okay, instead of a six-year-old, well, here's the answer. And well, that, well that's not the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> then you start complaining about it. But you got the right answer nonetheless, whether it's what you wanted to year or not, and uh, we see that all the time in the backyard at chicken uh, world, so um, we hope you enjoyed today's show, and you know next month we got another great lineup with Dr. McCrae uh, from Auburn we got Dr. Pateski from UC Davis coming on, and I'm really hoping in the near future i'll be able to do a site visit at um Addiseo, who actually um, manufactures and develops and, and, and brings in uh, vitamins and minerals and amino acids that we find in our food, the food that most of our listeners probably buy from the feed store um, they've got you know the, the vitamins you know, that the poultry nutritionists come up with for that formulation and so i'm really hoping in the next two or three weeks um, i'll be able to do a site visit there and talk with these great scientists and, and, and again ask those questions about what's in your food. Uh, a lot of these things, uh, um, and I'll give you a perfect example of that, uh, You may, oh, I only feed organic, my feed is organic, but did you know, my understanding, again, we'll get this uh, corrected, is that there may be a loophole there that the vitamins and minerals and amino acids and things that are going into that organic feed may not be organic, there's a loophole there, and they may not even be real, they may be synthetic, so we're going to talk about that with some, some nutritionists uh, with Adaseo and these vitamins, and some of them may be even coming from China, which I'm not saying is good, bad, or the ugly, but you have a lot of people that think, oh, organic, all. Oh, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna go through that. I'm, I'm really anxious to set up a meeting with those guys and get down to the nutrition. Uh, and, and here's why I want to do that. I had a post on Facebook the other day, and we were talking about nutrition, and somebody said, wheat is wheat is wheat. It doesn't matter if I give my chickens whole wheat pasta out of my cupboard in my kitchen, or if I give them the wheat that's actually in the poultry feed that I just bought from the. Uh, feed and seed store, and that boy really painted a picture for me, and, and I kind of responded with that uh, to her regarding that about, about you know, if you think, go look at the ingredients label on that whole wheat pasta that, that's in your cupboard right now, <laughs> see how void it is of just about any nutritional value, and then go look at that bag of layer feed that you bought, uh, that you're giving. Uh, like the calm block layer, and look at the nutritional difference night and day. So, no, weed is not wheat is not wheat. And just because you, and in this lady apparently thought that giving wheat pasta from her cupboard is the same nutritional value as giving her a nutritionally balanced layer feed uh, that she just purchased at the, from, from the feeding store, nothing close. Because of all these added vitamins, minerals, and amino acids and things, that are going into the feed, so I'm really looking forward to doing that site visit with Adeseo, and hopefully we can get that taken care of very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Find us everything that we do, our books, our magazines, everything at ChickenWhisperer.com. Hope you have an awesome, awesome week and weekend, and we will see you next time. <laughs>